Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Monet. The Influence Podcast is a place where I sit down with influencers in the faith, entrepreneurs, and creatives to have combos about how they balance living life out loud on social media while walking with God. This is also a space where my friends and I will discuss certain cultural topics like dating, modesty, friendship, and sex, and how our faith has influenced the way we think about them. So, I have a special treat for you guys. If you've made it this far into the season, for the next three episodes, I have a mid-season series to share with you centered all around couples in their first year of marriage. As we all know, being in the era of COVID, we saw nothing short of people getting into relationships, kind of out of the blue, and an overwhelming amount of marriages as a result. The first couple that I have the privilege of sharing their marriage in year one story is Denari and Jeremy Hairston. Denari is no stranger to the podcast as she was a guest on the Can Guys and Girls Be Just Friends episode, so be sure to check that out. And now she's back with her husband, Jeremy, and they're sharing all about how they were semi-set up by friends in college, navigating a new level of intimacy, and also being new homeowners and everything in between. Also, just as an update, at the time of this episode being posted, the Harrisons are currently right at the cusp of month 11 of marriage. So, Denari and Jeremy, I'm super excited to have you guys on this episode talking about your first year in marriage. If you could kind of just introduce yourselves and tell people who you are, how long you've been married, and kind of summarize your journey up until this point. Thanks for having us. Um, My name is Denari. My name is Jeremy. And we've been married for eight months, almost nine now, at the end of August. And you have the short version of how we met. So I'll let you take it uh, We met in college. A mutual friend basically kept trying to get us together. She kept talking Denari up to me and me up to Denari. We ended up like having a class together. Uh, we didn't have that class the whole semester because Denari changed her, ma- her major or her minor mm-hmm. and then uh, switched out. But we met in that class and then we'd always be hanging around. So we started dating a few months later and we dated ever since. Yeah, we got engaged on Denari's birthday last year. So July 23rd, 2020, we got engaged during the pandemic and then we got married on January 2nd of this year. Yep. And to be specific, we met at Howard. Yes, you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we love to see it. and how long did you guys date for uh, i was three and a half almost four years yeah um we started dating march 19 19 mm-hmm. yeah so i guess it was a little over three years not quite three and a half yeah mm-hmm. it's all okay. blur now <laughs> i mean you're married so yeah, right. here we are in conclusion. <laughs> awesome. So you guys have been married for almost nine months now. So if you could sum up your marriage experience thus far in one to two sentences, how would you describe it? Wow. I feel like there's so much. <laughs> I would sum it up as doing life together and homeowning adventures because I don't whenever we get like stressed about things Mm -hmm. 
It's usually related to home owning because it's a blessing, but it's a lot of responsibility. So we're really learning a lot together. What about you? Yeah, I would say it's been it's been a lot of navigating through transitions, but mm-hmm. it's been a blessing because we're together navigating those transitions and not individually. Um, yeah. which is what which was a big part of like why we wanted to get married. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. Okay. So did you think that you'd be married at the stage of life that you're at now? Why or why not? That's a great question. I mean, both of our parents were married at the same age. Um, Jeremy was 20. Well, he is 25, but his dad was 25 when he married Mm -hmm. his mom and I think that my parents were the same age as well so I think that there was kind of a norm out there but even given that I just wasn't sure there was a point where I thought that I was going to get married like in my 40s because (laughs) there were just no prospects on the horizon (laughs) in your late teens (laughs) no prospects in your late teens I was literally like 19 she was looking early. Denari was out here. She was yeah. like, where the, where the men at? I was like, wow. I think, but long story short, I, I would think about dating, but I didn't, didn't think about marriage a lot. I think that when I was younger, I just wasn't sure. I knew that marriage was pretty high stakes because I'm a child of divorce. And so I think that in my mind, I thought that I had to be a lot further along in life, a lot more established or a lot more like healed or grown up to get married and be able to do it successfully. Um, So I didn't picture myself getting married young, but I would say that marriage helps me to grow into those things, which is unexpected, but really great. It was God's plan, I guess. Yeah, I think as a kid, I expected to be married at this point, but I had like really unrealistic okay. expectations as a kid. <laughs> I, I swore I was going to be like a millionaire by the time I was like 25 or 26 and just like high, high dreams, that, big dreams. Right. I was a big dreamer. But the closer I got to being an adult, graduating college and all that, the further away it seemed. Like I didn't think I'd be getting married until I was in my late 20s, like early 30s at least. Okay. Um, but I, I'm grateful like that I'm married now because like Denari said, I would get to grow into like being a better man mm-hmm. and being married has like forced me to do that in, in some ways. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah. I think that there is kind of a conception and not to say that it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. but there's a conception out there that you need to make a certain living Mm-hmm. Be, like have a home or be at a certain place in your career and drive a certain car and come to a certain point of self-realization before you consider marriage. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that at least in our journey, what I found is that there is a lot of growth that you can only really do in close community, mm-hmm. um, yeah. whether that's marriage or it's your friends and stuff. But I think that, it's hard to really grow just alone, you know, mm-hmm. because you need other people's input, wisdom, and accountability. I think that it helps a lot for sure. Yeah. And I think it's like 
I can understand wanting to be at a certain place in life before you commit to something like that. But I think there's something to be said about having the mindset of like going into something as, as big of a commitment as marriage with another person, knowing that you're both going to grow and change and expecting that and committing to grow and change along with that person and to stick with that person as they grow and change. Um, I think that's pretty special. So. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, and so with you guys being married as young as you are and with your parents also getting married around the same age, was there any, I guess, either advice or hesitancies that they kind of gave to you guys or warned you about um, with getting married at your age? My parents were super excited. They were ecstatic. <laughs> They've been waiting for this moment their whole lives, especially my mom. Because we ended up getting married at my parents' house, which was like yeah. a dream come true for my mom. Aww. And so um, they were very supportive and very, um, still are very supportive. And they, they were very excited when I told them I, I wanted to propose to Denari. They've been sharing wisdom, my father especially, like all along as we dated and as we were engaged and um, as we got married. And so, yeah, just wisdom for for little things like for like when you get into an argument or if you get into an argument like here's how to navigate that um or here's how not to navigate that or here's what you should do like make sure you figure out who's going to do what in the household so that you don't fight over that and figure out how you guys want to handle your money like figure out what works for you and those those types of things and i appreciate that my parents never um put the expectation on me and on Denari to do exactly what they did. Um, but they've uh, encouraged me to sort of, to figure things out for us, like for how things work for us. So, yeah. 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 Um, like Jeremy said, his parents have been so supportive. I don't think there was ever a point where they were like, maybe you should rethink this. <laughs> um, and my mom as well. I think when I was not with Jeremy before, she would say, I think 30 is a good year to like get married or just at mm-hmm. the very least 25. Um, but I was 24 when I got married. The reason that she said that, I think that she has definitely her reasons and a lot of wisdom behind it because she thinks that I mean, I think even science shows that for women, a lot of your brain is still forming um, up until your mid-20s. So it's good to kind of have your priorities straight, have an idea of who you are and what you want in life. But I think that when I was with Jeremy and we started moving in the direction of marriage, she was like, yeah, I mean, that's definitely logically what comes next (laughs) um, from where you guys are right now um, and was really supportive too. So I think we had a, a lot of wisdom from both sides, but everyone was super on board. My mom was thrilled when Jeremy asked her if I could marry him, I guess for her. <laughs> that sounds so weird, but yeah. Awesome. So I know that you guys did premarital counseling. So what would you say is your biggest takeaway that you received that impacts your marriage now? That's a good question. I think the biggest takeaway for me was not necessarily like one piece of advice, but it was um, to have a certain mindset going in Mm -hmm. and to remember that like your spouse 
is God's provision for you and your God's provision for your spouse. And so it's a good reminder to me. Like I, I think about that like pretty regularly when I feel like I'm just not, not doing my best or she's not doing her best or when I feel like there's something missing or I feel like if I just wake up on the wrong side of the bed to, to remember that, like I'm here for her, she's here for me and we're here for each other. Everything else sort of falls from that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the biggest thing I learned. I think that was really helpful. Yeah, that's a really good one. Mine kind of goes hand in hand with what Jeremy said. There was a unit in our marriage prep book. Um, we did our marriage prep course with our church, which you know about. And it was basically pulling from Genesis and saying that when Adam woke up out of his sleep and met Eve, he didn't know necessarily her personality or her traits. He didn't know these little intricacies or what kind of person she was going to turn into, but he knew that God created her for him. And so instead of putting your faith in a sense of control or a sense of knowing the future, you can put your faith in God when you believe that he's calling you to be with someone and you can trust him because like God made even Adam for one another. He, like Jeremy said, God gives men and women to each other in marriage. And it's really a gift. So I think that that helped me a lot because as much as I was in love and super on board and wanting to get married, I had my anxieties because I had seen marriages that weren't healthy Mm -hmm. and I had seen marriages that ended and so I kind of went into marriage prep class wanting some type of assurance that this is all going to work out and this is going to be perfect and I know that we're not going to break up and that didn't happen explicitly but that passage just brought me such a deep sense of peace because it just clicked for me that it's God that you're trusting. It's not in me or in him. It really is God that brought us together. So um, that is the foundation, really. That's so good. So what has your transition been like from being engaged to being married? What was that time period like for you guys? It seemed like it happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of transition. So like, not only did we like, just get married and there was everything that goes along with that um like living together mm-hmm. sharing the same bed like all of that but then we also like bought a house really quickly after that like in, yeah. in the first like three months and so that transition of like moving even like just the act of moving you learn so much about a person if you're like <laughs> moving in with them yeah um and so it was a very hectic time and it's still like pretty hectic now even yeah it felt like a very stark transition because we um we didn't sleep together obviously before we got married we also weren't very like we weren't like super physically affectionate Mm -hmm. on on purpose because we talked about that like as we began to date Mm -hmm. it was like a switch flip like now that you're married like oh like you don't have to like have a limit on like how late you can stay up on the couch or like you know just stuff like that right and so it was great like it's good but it was like a lot to wrap my mind around i guess for me i don't know about denari 
Yeah, that's a really good one. I think that that change, I don't think that that was difficult. That was definitely a good one. Um, I think that it was nice to finally just be together instead of going to his house for the weekend and then him having to take me back home and me stay there by myself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, one thing I thought of when Jeremy was talking about moving together was just having to learn the other person. Mm -hmm. And one example that I thought of was... I had packed up all of my things and I moved in with Jeremy and his family. And so I my things were in a box in, in boxes in storage. And so we were there for a while even after we were married. And when we got a house, we started packing up to move. And Jeremy had a lot of things like from his childhood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you don't need any of this anymore. <laughs> and I was like, well, dang, like, <laughs> yeah, it was actually kind of a learning experience, but it was kind of a breakdown at the time because mm-hmm. I was being really insensitive and he was really hurt because I was literally going around like with the trash bag, <laughs> like, is this trash? <laughs> and just like trying to get it done because, and yeah. from my childhood, I was a military brat, so I was used to every several years moving and pretty much throwing everything away I don't have very much from my childhood at all I don't remember those things I don't miss them but Jeremy lived in the same house since he was a kid Mm -hmm. and so I just learned a little bit more about him but even since then learned more about the value of having things that you can pass down and valuing memories Mm -hmm. and that was just new to me and it's something that I'm really glad that I can have now with him but at the time I was just trying to throw everything in the trash (laughs) so Yeah, but there are little things like that, that when you don't live together, you don't run into them because you have your separate space. And when you move in together, there are things that you just realize you don't see eye to eye on. And you just have to kind of find not your way or his way, but your way together Mm -hmm. to do things. And so that sometimes can be more challenging than others but um, I think that that's a good example yeah yeah that's good I think two things from one from what Jeremy said and one from what you said tonight so I guess I'll go with Jeremy first so you were talking about how you guys weren't as affectionate before marriage and so as much as you want to share because I know that can be a topic for people but sure. <laughs> how like how was that because I think people can relate to that, especially if they're trying to walk in the way of the Lord. But also for some people, that is something that they can't be affectionate before marriage. And so what was that like Mm -hmm. for you guys? For me, it felt like it was more it was way more difficult, like in the few weeks leading up to the wedding. Mm -hmm. But in general, like I I I'm not like super duper awkward, but I'm pretty awkward. At least I feel like it. Just as a person around people, I'm very, very introverted. And so, like, I don't, I really, like, before we got married, I really didn't get down with, like, PDA or, like, yeah. stuff like that. And so it wasn't too difficult for me, but it felt like we were, like, at one level 
for a, for a very long time where you would expect people who were who had dated for like two and a half or three years to be like way more affectionate yeah and it was i guess it was a little strange because i didn't feel like i didn't love denari like that it was just like yeah. not really having um like a frame of reference for being at this point in life mm-hmm. um i i had like one dating relationship before i met denari and it was in high school and like high school relationships like at least in my experience are just sort of like fleeting and not quite as mature and so more like exploratory if you will and just like how to how to date somebody but yeah so i guess that was one thing and then i was just like very adamant about um about not crossing any boundaries um because that's one of the things that when i was a kid i told myself that like i want to make sure i not only that i treat denari well but that i treat myself well in that way so i don't just like spoil anything yeah so I would agree with Jeremy that it became challenging towards the end mm-hmm. more so the beginning because it was harder towards the end like when you're engaged and there's kind of the expectation there was an expectation before but now you know that mm-hmm. barring something crazy happening that you're getting married um it's not easy mm-hmm. and I think everyone knows that some people think it's impossible um <laughs> I don't think it's impossible because I think with God's grace, it can be done. But I think that before we dated, I had a lot of women in my life, in my faith community, who really encouraged me to end dating. Mm -hmm. Just know before the conversation even comes up what your boundaries are. And it's really an exercise of knowing yourself and basically setting parameters that will help you to meet your goal or help you maintain something that's really important to you. And so it became important to me in my teens to wait to have sex until marriage. And I had limited experience dating as well, but I knew from that experience of dating people who weren't Christians that I definitely wanted to be with someone who had that goal in mind as well. I didn't want to, I didn't want someone to be like, I will wait for you. (laughs) Or because the moment I am tempted or something, then they're going to swoop in (laughs) or something like that. Maybe they wouldn't, but I wanted someone that had that conviction as well because it makes it a lot easier. So I think that that really makes all the difference. And that's not to say Mm -hmm. that two people who want to save sex for marriage won't fall into temptation, but I think that that helps a lot. And then together you can talk about what would facilitate that. So whether that's not staying up past a certain time or not touching each other in certain places, I don't know if we specified those things because I think that some of it was kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was good though. I think in the beginning, it helped us facilitate learning about one another without any pressure to get mixed up into something that would make things more complicated. And also, I just really respected Jeremy at the Mm -hmm. point that we ended up getting married because... I think that that type of self-discipline is, well, it's really attractive, and which is ironic. I think that you really 
can respect someone that has discipline, um, someone that really values their body and values their sexuality and also preserves your values as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that even though it had difficult moments, it was well worth it. And it helped us to have a foundation because I also know that Jeremy's disciplined. So like someone's not just going to seduce Jeremy one day, right. you know, um, because he already has boundaries. You know that the person you're marrying has sexual discipline. And also, mm-hmm. uh, I think that it also set a really good foundation for us to really have the freedom to explore sexuality together as a couple, because mm-hmm. we really had kind of, I wouldn't say a blank slate, because all of us have mm-hmm. been exposed to some so- sex in some form, right. but we were just able to write our own story in that way mm-hmm. without right. like other people being factored in or any type of trauma being factored in so that was a really nice gift to have on like when we got married so Denari you kind of alluded to it so you guys were I'm hesitant to use the word long distance but kind of long distance kind of for all intents and purposes medium distance kind of yeah but be with things like work and adulting yeah. mm-hmm. I would say kind of we would see each other sometimes every like week or two mm-hmm. but depending on how busy things are it could go a little longer than that yeah 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 so how was that kind of transition because a lot of people typically live in the same city if you will mm-hmm. and get to see each other a lot more often so how is that transition going into marriage yeah, it was cool. I think there was never a point like when we were dating, even in college, like I would see Denari almost every day and I never would like get tired of her, which is rare for me because I, like I said, I'm super introverted. So I don't really like mess with people like that. I have yeah. friends and I would see my friends. It was really like Denari is just really easy for me to be around, uh, which is one of the things that I found attractive about her. And so even when after we graduated, I moved back home uh, outside of Baltimore and Denari stayed in DC. And so it was like an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minute drive. So I would go and see her, we would hang out or she would take the train up to Baltimore and we would hang out for the weekend or something at my parents' house. And throughout all of that time, like um, not only did I never get tired of it, but like my my family didn't, which was, a, which was another big thing. <laughs> Um, that's how I knew, like, I chose well, because they're not mean to people, but they can get tired of people just like I can. So, yeah, yeah, it was nice. And then towards the end, like during the pandemic, Denari spent a good chunk of time just like with my family. I was just at their house for weeks at a time. (laughs) Because, yeah, because she didn't have to be at work. And so we we had that time to like get used to seeing each other every day. I think that might, that probably like helped make the transition easier once we got married. But it didn't seem that difficult. One of the things that we did have to navigate, though, was like needing personal space, even though I'm happy to like be around Inari. We're both introverted, so we both need just time to ourselves in order to recharge. So we've had we've had like conversations about that, like while we were dating and even even more so while we've been married. But it's something that we've been able to sort of like work out. And then when we moved our house, uh, we have like different spaces where we just sort of gravitate to when we need to be by ourselves. And it's never like a, it's never anything wrong with that. If she's by herself, I can tell when she just needs her space and she can tell when I need my space. So it works out. 
But yeah, the transition actually was pretty smooth. Smoother than I expected, honestly. Same, actually. I thought that it, some things would be hard. I thought it would take a long time getting used to like sharing your bed, especially because mm-hmm. I had my bed and it was like my favorite place on the planet. And I would literally like sprint from there and just go jump in my bed um, after work sometimes. But I didn't notice any change. It's been pretty chill sharing that intimate space together. But with long distance, I think that it was very difficult at some points because you obviously miss each other and you have to really be intentional about communicating. Yeah, that's true. So we had to learn how to get on the phone, how to get on FaceTime. Uh, that was a thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, Jeremy didn't like me on the phone, so we would go like a couple weeks not talking. I still to this day don't like being on the phone. But wow. we live together now. Yeah, so. it's all good. <laughs> if anything, that helps. Um, but that did improve eventually as we grew mm-hmm. being communicative and like getting out of our boxes to really find ways to connect. We would use different things to like share our screens and watch movies at mm-hmm. the same time. We watched Lion King other stuff and get on Google Duo, which is like FaceTime. And I would say that long distance can have its benefits too if you're dating. One, if you are waiting to have sex, you're not within proximity of each other. So that's true. Literally can't happen. But I think that even more than that, some of the benefits are you have that person in your life, but you're able to still build your own life and grow in your own corners. So you're not like dependent, like codependent on each other, like before, like you really need to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And for at one point when we were long distance, Jeremy was in California. Yeah interning at a church and meeting new people and I would hear and see about the fun things that he was doing and then I was here um, in the DMV starting my career meeting new people as well and just working on my friendships and just growing so we would find times to like meet up and talk about the things going on in our separate spheres but I think that being long distance can have its perks as long as you know you want to be with that person. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to expand your own experiences. Mm-hmm. Good. So what would you guys say is your favorite memory thus far of being married? That's a good question. Do you have one? <laughs> we have had a lot of great moments. I feel like I just like when we just be chilling on the couch watching TV (laughs) in the evenings. That's my favorite. I like that we get to just do that casually now. That's not really a memory because we literally were just doing that. (laughs) It can be if you want it to be. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, I I think that I'm such a homebody. I just Mm -hmm. feel like I have everything I need right there. It's great. There has to be something else, but I'm going to let you go. I have a couple. One... It's just like our honeymoon itself. That was great. Yeah, it was nice because we just like, we 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 got a hotel room downtown in Baltimore because we couldn't really travel too far. We got married out, like outside of Baltimore. Yeah. So we like, 
we drove downtown on our wedding night and we we checked into our hotel and we just like stayed there for a week and um it was covid yeah <laughs> that was nice because we just like stayed in the bed we watched movies like we just sort of hung out in closer proximity than we ever had obviously so yeah. that was not, that was a cool experience another experience that was dope was denari's birthday last month we went to fogo de chao and the food was amazing and it was yeah it was a good time we were in hog heaven <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, like our wedding was really the sweetest day yeah. ever, and then it just like kept going because I think that we stayed up until like seven a.m. the next oh, wow. day. I know it's not like we were just partying all the time, but we were just staying up so excited, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was just really great. Very very happy time. Good times. <laughs> awesome. So how would you say that your individual relationship with God has impacted your marriage thus far? That's a good question. For me, I've had to just rely on God to change me as a person. Because one of the things about being married, and this is like a kind of like a cliche at this point, but like it'll like reveal things about yourself that you didn't really re- recognize until your spouse recognized them or you, things that you recognize were different about you and your spouse. So I had to ask God to just give me, not just to give me patience, but to give Denari patience, to be patient with me and just to not like, to not nitpick at like little things that she does differently than me, and neither of which are right or wrong, just different. And to kind of remind me to be gracious and be humble because it's really easy to fall into like arguments when you're not when the source of like the argument would be something really small and petty if you kind of stick your foot in and you're just kind of standing on that and you're just like not letting things go that don't really need to be like brought out or they don't need to be like drawn out or anything um it can just be really it can make the whole relationship a wreck yeah it's just been a lot of me asking god to just make me for lack of a better phrase like a better person a better man um, easier to be around. It was, although I don't think I'm difficult to be around necessarily, not all the time at least. But um, yeah, I've just been asking God for grace for me just to just to be accepted as I am. And I'm I'm really grateful that Denaria has done that. So yeah, that's that's been a good thing. Yeah, that was a good answer. I think like Jeremy said, he didn't say it in these words, but I think that a lot of how your relationship with God can impact your marriage is kind of how it should kind of just impact how you relate to people. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's more intensified because you're so you have such a close proximity with this person all the time. You kind of see things. Jeremy like sees like my inner life. <laughs> Um, because before we were married, no one was ever like in my room with me or right. saw me like emotional eating or <laughs> just, you know, things that you normally kind of just do on your own, not around mm-hmm. people. So I think that having a relationship with God, there's so many things that carry over into how you relate to people. And I think one that Jeremy mentioned as well is just that unconditional love and acceptance it's a very different relationship because with someone you're dating or someone that you're friends with if you guys kind of get into it 
there's nothing really like tethering you together to have to work it out pretty soon otherwise you're going to constantly be feeling this awkwardness in your house and so I think that just the fact that at the heart of our relationship with Jesus is like forgiveness and reconciliation Mm -hmm. that's really what's at the heart of marriage because you can't stay married without forgiving someone Um, and also kind of committing essentially to continue to forgive them in the future Mm -hmm. for things that you don't know about Mm -hmm. and so Jeremy really forgave me for a lot like while we were dating just it really helped me learn about forgiveness and extending grace Jeremy's really good too about just kind of putting things behind us and just giving me grace if I'm not at my best or if I do something that's wrong and I apologize he'll forgive me right away there's never been like a time when he's withheld that and I think that that is very Christ-like for one um and I also think that kind of putting the other person first is a practice that a lot of people associate with marriage but really is something that only Jesus was able to do consistently and to do it well and without failing at it so really we in my view we need Jesus to succeed at marriage because sometimes you just need something to push you beyond yourself to maybe see something that you're not able to see, a perspective that doesn't like naturally come to you to work mm-hmm. things out. So I think that that is how a relationship with God um, impacts marriage. And marriage really takes prayer and prayer changes things too. It really does. And that's what we've learned. And so we're still learning to like pray for the things that we need mm-hmm. and create that reflex when yeah. we're worried about things so it's a work in progress for sure but up until this point I feel like Jesus has just brought us through so many things that we just didn't know how they were gonna work out yeah yeah that's real so with all of that what is one thing you guys wish you knew before getting married I'm not really sure I feel like I've been given so much advice from not only from like our marriage prep class, but just like from my parents, um, some unwarranted advice from other people. Um, but I've received so much advice and I just observed a lot. My parents um, have spent a lot of time like counseling other people like in their marriages. And so I observed that from like a young age and I certainly didn't know everything, but I feel like I had observed unhealthy relationships and I'd observe, I'd had the privilege to observe like plenty of healthy relationships as well. And I've just sort of been able to see how different things play out in that way. And so with our relationship, I wanted to make sure like I went in with, um, with as little like expectation as possible and to just sort of, um, let our relationship and our marriage like unfold as it as it would i'm sure there's some there there's plenty that i didn't know but i can't bring to mind any like specific thing that i wish i had known beforehand that's real i kind of have a difficult time pinpointing one thing um specifically that i wish i had known i think that i wish that i anticipated more how like fun and joyful it would be 
because mm-hmm. I think that the things that I tried to prepare for the most were like major traumatic things I guess I think yeah as happy as I've been like in my relationship I was like marriage is gonna bring some challenges there are gonna be times when you want to quit and you're gonna have to stick through it (laughs) you know so I think that in my mind I was trying to not specifically think through certain scenarios but I was trying to kind of like brace myself for maybe some of the things that what trip me up otherwise but that's yeah. kind of how I am with life I'm hyper vigilant about a lot of things um, so I think that I applied that but I really wish that I approached it with a lot more yes wisdom but a lot more just trust and just happy anticipation I was looking forward to it of course but I didn't know just how cool it would be to have a constant companion um, have this type of intimacy and things like that. I would definitely say that no matter what someone's history is, it doesn't dictate what type of marriage you're going to have if yeah. you do the work, like going to therapy and going to marriage counseling and making sure that you have people that can give you some positive examples and positive feedback on marriage. Because I know there are a lot of folks out there who doubt marriage or its goodness or don't know what it means and things like that. But there's definitely hope. Awesome. So this is the last question before the fun question. So what is one piece of advice that you can give to single people who desire to be married? Go to therapy. For real though. Yeah. Uh, we had both been to therapy before we got married and not even for, at least for me, it wasn't even like for relationship stuff. It was yeah. just for my own like mental health. But yeah, I would also say try not to evaluate life by your expectations and try to be aware of your expectations. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of like the breakdown and like communication or breakdowns that lead to like arguments can be traced to like unmet expectations or uncommunicated expectations. So I think if you, whether you're like single and just in your relationship with your friends or whether you're dating somebody, like if you can just take time regularly to like think about what you're expecting of your significant other or what you're expecting of your friends or your family and evaluate those expectations and then communicate them if they need to be communicated that will go a long way to to just having healthy relationships in my experience yeah 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 i like how jeremy said relationships in general too because i think that another piece of advice that is maybe not traditional is that you should commit to people before you're married yeah Like, don't have friends, and then they do something you don't like, and you leave them, or don't have friends, and Mm -hmm. that you just treat really flippantly. I think you have to learn how to value people and value your relationship enough that you will, like, resolve conflict and, like, to uplift the relationship and grow so that the relationship can thrive, too. Not that you have to stay in every relationship, but just... Don't practice um, just like discarding people yeah. because um, those relationships are worth it. And they're not just like training for marriage. It's not like that. It's just that the relationships, they all have more in common, I think, than people. Yeah. 
think than I thought before. But it just occurred to me, what if I like put this much like endurance and this such intentionality into my platonic relationships, you know, as you would with a romantic interest. So I think that's just a good practice in general. Yeah. Really good. Y'all are some wise people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So So I asked this question to everyone on the podcast. So what have you been influenced by lately? It could be anything, a song, a scripture, a person, literally anything in your life that you've been, that you're being influenced by right now. So I've been influenced a lot. I'm always influenced by music, music and musicians, because that's what I do like for my living. So recently our first concert, like since COVID began uh was last week and we saw this guitar player she's wearing the t-shirt actually his name is julian lodge he's a he's a jazz guitar player his music it can be kind of heady like kind of cerebral but that's just where i'm at like in my own musical journey right now and so i've just been influenced by him and his playing and how he not only how he approaches his instrument but how he how he communicates with his bandmates on his instrument and how he communicates just verbally like he's a very um Mm -hmm. very like calm seeming person he seems to be very calm so i try to glean from glean from that um musically and and if you like instrumental music i would check it out it's very um very good his latest album just came out recently but they're all very very good they're very like calming and peaceful and he's he's like mind-blowingly talented that was really fun our first concert Mm -hmm. Lately, I've been really influenced by, there's this Instagram that I follow. I think it's called Sweets and Reads. And she posts the books that she's reading with some type of dessert pastry. And that literally sounds like you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of influencing me because I loved reading growing up. And I was an English major and everything, but I really fell out of practice of just reading leisurely. So I I think that it was that Instagram really that kind of brought it to the forefront of my mind and inspired me to just start reading again. So I'm reading a book now um, that I hope I can finish by the end of the month because I bought it at the beginning of the month. And I have a list of books that I'm going to try to read by author so yeah I think that that's been a big inspiration but honestly it's just a lot of Instagram folks have been inspiring me lately which is weird because usually Instagram's kind of distracting um mm-hmm. but a lot of folks have been inspiring me to exercise more or eat healthy or get my house organized and all types of things so that's me <laughs> cool so You guys, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me on Instagram at JR Hairston. You can find me on Facebook by my name, just like normal. (laughs) You can find me by my website, jrhairston.com. That's more of just like my music stuff. And that's it. I don't really mess with TikTok or Twitter. I try to keep a... (laughs) bare minimum on my social media stuff but yeah i am at free underscore nari at instagram i wouldn't bother finding me on facebook i do not <laughs> update it nor do i check my messages <laughs> i have a lot of unread messages which is unfortunate um and linkedin true 
Come on, professional connect. If you would like to follow my career this far. Yeah, that's where I can be found. That's it for this episode of the Influence Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to use hashtag InfluencePod when talking about the podcast on social media. Give us a rate and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Brianna Monet. Until next time, deuces. <laughs>